Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. This podcast, as a change-up, is brought to you by Built Bar. Appreciate Built Bar, but I'm Luke Robinson. He's Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. Dealing with uh, the news that uh, five of our players have tested positive for COVID-19. little, uh, you know, it, it's like expected I mean, you know, what would have been the shocking news is none of them. But the fact that five of our guys have it is like, uh, man, uh, I'm sure they're asymptomatic. I'm sure they're fine. But it's still a little worrisome because, you know, we like these guys. I do. Yeah, if it's uh, – I'll tell you, I feel kind of good. If it's only five of them, though. I mean, if you had told me put an over-under on how many will have it, I would have said 15. Right. It's less than 5%. Yeah, it's less than 5%. And we have to remember this about kids their age. You know, kids that age don't quarantine very well. And, no. you know, so they, they've been out and about. They're, you know, they're not shut-ins during this whole pandemic thing. So they're out and about, um, you know, and, and, and when we, five of them tested positive. But, but, you know, we have about 120 players. They probably, you know, and, 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 and we don't know for a fact – those are all players. It could it could include, you know, people on the periphery. We we don't know, but uh, but I'm pretty sure they're players. But uh, you know, they'll be quarantined, and hopefully, we'll figure out how to stamp it all out. You know, one of them's not our kicker because they miss everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would imagine if if we're just gonna just wild ass guess who it is, I'm gonna start with the linebacker room. You know, Why? That, that, that's where I'd start. Oh, just because they're so unlucky? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd have yeah. to figure five people, five people positive. I'm, I'm calling up number 32. Dylan, surely you're one of them, man. I mean, I'm surprised. Dylan's probably got ovarian cancer or something. He's like, you, <laughs> you have ovarian. He's like, I don't have ovaries. That's what makes this so difficult. <laughs> I mean, he's just been so unlucky with the injury. Um, I shouldn't. And Tua. Good thing Tua left. Oh, God. <laughs> Tua would definitely have it. There is no doubt about it. Um, yep. But boy. Hell, he's uh, probably, it's probably high risk with all his bionic parts. <clears throat> oh, they'd be like, you have COVID and several of your parts are rusty. <laughs> <laughs> you have COVID bola. It's like half COVID, half Ebola. That would make some sense. Jeez, man. I'm telling you. It's just, but, you know, if I, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're anything like me, it feels kind of good to laugh. I mean, look, you, no one should be laughing about COVID or, or cancer or anything. But, geez, right now in these troubling times, those are the funniest things we have going. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, there, there's nothing funny out there. I just saw a, a guy. A guy tweeted on the Twitterverse, "On God, I have not laughed at this site in three days." And I don't. And I was like, "Me neither." I don't know when the last time I went three days of not laughing at Twitter is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something hilarious. This is hilarious. I've seen some videos that were posted yesterday in various spots of our football team uh, jacking around on the uh, on the on the band field. I've seen some videos, and here's something hilarious. The very idea that we have a defensive back that can come close to covering Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. I mean, that's hilarious. Watching our freshmen and other players 
flail helplessly trying to cover Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith is hilarious. It's almost like, well, they're not having OTAs in the NFL, so a couple of wide receivers from the Tennessee Titans are practicing against uh, Brentwood Academy Middle School because that's, that's what it looks like. I mean, in the in the Waddle and Devontae Smith clips in particular, Even they the make – the they make Mitchie, Mitchie does a, a good job getting open as well, although it was a second the, – the clip I remember from him, or at least one of them I saw, it was a second move where he totally shook the guy. I thought the guy kind of was almost with him on the first move, but then on that second move he just left him. But uh, Waddle and Devontae and, – and here's the thing. It would actually be a funny clip if it was Waddle and Devontae and Mechie doing that to, uh, you know, Auburn's DBs or LSU's or, or even Ole Miss's or just somebody else. But uh, those were our DBs getting helplessly ruined in those clips. They're like, wait a minute, are we going to use these guys to cover teams we're playing this year? But but really it's, it's more of a nod to, to Waddle and Devontae and just how – impossibly great they are yeah the one waddle did where he catches the ball and then it seems like he stops in midair mind you in midair in midair mind and, you <laughs> yeah. and and does like a complete 180 um it's it's pretty disgusting it looked like something you would see in the slam dunk contest except there were no basketballs and no basketball goals what you'd see in like a, a matrix sequel yeah, I mean it was I mean, it was bananas. Um, he is a he's a freakazoid. And speaking of him, a, a, lot, a guy that we've compared to him to some degree doesn't have the same shake as Christian Leary. And apparently Auburn has pulled even with Alabama in the recruiting of Christian Leary, which is disturbing to me on a few levels. But um, you know, what, what have you heard there? I mean, I would just question, I mean, I'm not being one of these Alabama homers. Like, why would anybody want to go to that Cal College? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, who is throwing him the ball over there? I mean, is is he fascinated with the prospect? Bo Nix is clearly, to me, going to be a four-year player, right? I mean, Bo Nix is going to be there for four years. He won't be an early entry first-round pick. I mean, Bo Nix is a college quarterback. He's going to be there for four years. So, Leary would be there when Nick's is a junior and a senior and then who's the heir apparent, the kid from, uh, from, from Houston that just committed there, Davis. I mean, I would just question Christian about, you know, who's going to be throwing you the ball and wouldn't you rather have, you know, Bryce Young chunking it to you, but, 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 uh, Hey, there's also the playing time thing. And I think a lot of people fail to realize how big that is for a lot of kids. It's easy to convince some of them that, well, yeah, Alabama's great, and they win a lot of games, and you might get on the field when you're a junior or senior, or you can come here and be the best receiver on the team when you're a freshman. That's going to appeal to a lot of people. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with it. I'll just say I'm, I'm really surprised. And, and if you'd have told me Leary's not going to Alabama – I would have assumed it would be because he's going to Oklahoma or Florida. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed Auburn. Well, I don't know that he's going there yet. I mean, uh, Steve Wilfong yeah, right. just had some, some stuff about that. But, yeah, and plus – He's good. When was the last Auburn receiver that was even drafted? I mean, am I missing somebody? Yeah, I mean, their best receiver right now is Seth Williams, who's, who's a good player. Seth Williams is a good player. He can play anywhere. He's a good player, but – 
And I've even seen Seth Williams in some mock first rounds, but that, I just wrong. He's not going to run the kind of 40 it takes to get draft the first round, I don't believe. And here's another thing. Sometimes we're shocked to learn this, and I am not telling people this is the case. I honestly don't know. But there can be all sorts of evaluations. Maybe, I'm just going to throw this out there, maybe Alabama's decided they don't want Leary because they think they're going to get another guy they like more. I mean, there, you can only take so many receivers. There's already two committed. You're probably only going to take a max of two more. There's the Worthy kid. There's Troy Franklin. There's Brian Thomas. There's a lot of big-time receivers out there that have Alabama on their list. It could be that Alabama's like, well, we're, we're, we're sort of full and we can't take you, and the kid's ready to commit. And Auburn's like, we got room. Trust us. You know. Uh, well, speaking of room, you always have room for Built Bar because Built yeah. Bar is delicious. It's nutritious. It's unbelievable. It's so good, and it'll it satisfies. It doesn't fill you up. Doesn't weight you down. It doesn't leave you hanging. It's perfectly satisfying. And it's got fewer carbs than something like a Cliff Bar. Check them out. Built Bar. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. BuiltBar.com. I like the pineapple upside down cake one the most. I'm a, I'm kind of a pineapple guy. Uh, I, that's that's that got to be some stupid thing associated with that. But you need to go Is check out Swingers. Yeah, you know, I'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the Built Bar, go check out BuiltBar.com, www.BuiltBar.com. I promise you, Jimmy and I have had them before. They are absolutely delicious. You will thank us later in a tweet or in a personal email. That's how much you will love Built Bar. Jimmy, um, yeah, you brought up, I mentioned the pineapple thing. <clears throat> I don't know how many people know this. I don't know if we've talked, have we talked about the pineapple thing before? I'm not sure. Is this a joke? Uh, no. All is right. This, is this, that's a real thing. Okay. Apparently, there's a thing. Because I've heard a joke about a pineapple, and it's great, but it is not locked on Bama suitable. Okay. Well, apparently, there's a thing, and this is like in a certain area of Birmingham specifically, where if you have a pineapple upside down in your shopping cart. I've heard this urban legend. I've heard it in Fairhope. I've heard this in Fairhope, so so it's in Birmingham now too. This urban legend. Well, that's that's the thing, and and I was like, you know, all this time I was just thinking these hot girls didn't know which way a pineapple went, because <laughs> 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 it seems rather awkward to, and also very obvious. If you turn a pineapple upside down, somebody's going to stop you and go. If they don't know you're swinging, they're going to go, "Hey, what the hell are you doing with that pineapple?" Um. So if, if you're a swinger, if you're in a committed relationship. But willing to go tradesies with other yeah. couples, you walk around a certain area of Birmingham and a Piggly you, Wiggly and Crestline, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, you go to the Piggly Wiggly and Crestline, and you 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 get a pineapple and you put it upside down in your cart, and this is to let the other swingers know that hey, we're I'm in the club, you're in the club. That's that's the deal. That, that apparently is a thing, but a couple of things. First of all, if everybody else knows that, it's kind of not that much of an exclusive club. And number two, I always wondered if, like, the Dole guy ever got attacked when he was just bringing in his cart, you know, full of pineapples for the day, and, like, his, his basket happens to be upside down or whatever he's bringing them in. I mean, I wonder if he just gets ravaged. But um, <laughs> I did. We had, a, we had a supper club, and uh, 
And I found a shirt online because, you know, I just heard about this pineapple thing. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, this is damn to shit ever. I mean, this is great. It worked for pineapple juice because I, I like pineapple juice. I'll just turn that shit upside down right now. And, um, and uh, so I found a shirt online. This urban legend is so popular. I really thought it was just a Birmingham thing or a specific area of Birmingham thing. And it's apparently nationwide because I found a shirt with a pineapple on it that said, where to party at? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, of course I bought it, but, uh, anyway, um, locked on swinging is what you're listening to. Um, <laughs> so when you and, uh, when you and the Mrs. have been in a, a grocery store, have you ever stuck a pineapple upside down in, in the cart and just, and then feigned ignorance, I mean, you know, feigned ignorance. I mean, like just put the pineapple upside down and just kind of see what happens. Yeah, and and my wife said, I don't give a shit if you do it. Somebody else can be just as disappointed as I am. Doesn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, a couple other recruiting things. Uh, Damon Payne, uh, five-star defensive lineman out of Michigan. Um, He's got an odd Final Four. It was like USC, Alabama, um, Arizona State, and Jesus, I forget who I'm going to find the other Michigan? one. Michigan? Uh, Is it? No, what even Michigan? Yes. Oh, in Kentucky. Ohio Kentucky. State. Ohio State. Kentucky. No, Kentucky. He doesn't have Ohio I'm, State in the finals, does he? I'm listening. I'm, I'm, this is from Bama Online. Bama okay. Online. I'm just saying, Ohio State's who I've been worried about with him. Well, so, Bama Online says no. the number one defensive tackle in the 24-7 sports composite player rankings is Belleville, Michigan highs, Damon Payne. He says a few schools have definitely made him feel like a priority at this point in the process. Kentucky, USC, Arizona State, and Alabama. Kentucky and Arizona State. I mean, even USC, I mean, the coaches on the hot seat. Kentucky and Arizona State are playoff contenders. That's very interesting. On the other hand, they're extremely well-coached programs and and uh, I would be all on board with anybody that says, hey, I want to play for Mark Stoops or, hey, you know, I want to play for, for Herman. I mean, uh, I, I think that's – it's crazy sounding, but but in the end, I, I think Alabama has liked its position with Damon Payne. And, and, and if the kid – the kid is obviously – he not only is willing to leave home, this kid is like – packing his stuff. I mean, look at it. I mean, the idea of staying and playing close to home, he's getting the hell out of there. He, he must he must feel like his village is a COVID hotspot or something. He's he is hauling out of Michigan. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, I've watched a tape of him a couple of times because he's so elite. Uh, the thing that stands out to me about him is he's not huge yet. He's but he looks like a kid. He's going to be huge. And man, is he athletic? You know, who he reminds me of as a prospect, uh, Rashawn Gary. You know, who who was from New Jersey, I think, and and signed with Michigan. Um, I, I mean, in terms of how athletic Rashawn Gary was in the twelfth grade, uh, and and, the, and and roughly the same size. And Gary, you know, went on to have a, a a good career at Michigan. I don't think he ever lived up to the the the, the hype, but he was definitely a good player. Uh, that's who Damon Payne reminds me of. I mean, in terms of his size and his skill set, and uh, I, I really like Alabama's chances there. Yeah. I- I'm, I'm a big fan of his too, and uh, anytime you can get the uh, number one, uh, number one defensive tackle in the country, that's what you want to do. You, we're on a text chain, and you made um, an interesting comment about a kid. I think it, uh, two brothers at Spanish Fort. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah, yeah, real interesting kids. The Burkhalters. Um, the oldest kid is a quarterback, and. 
kind of odd career. He looks the part more than any high school quarterback you'll ever see. I remember the first time I saw him, I think he was in the 10th grade, and he trots out there in the first game for Spanish Ford, and I'd heard of him. I'd heard that Spanish Ford had a quarterback they're excited about. This kid trots on the field, but I'm like, holy crap, he's in the 10th grade? Uh, he's huge. He, he's like the Ben Roethlisberger of local high school quarterbacks. I mean, even the 10th grade, big kid. And then I saw him throw the ball around, and you're like, I expected a bigger arm with that size, but but he had a good arm. And mechanically, he was good. I mean, here's a kid that had good footwork. You can tell he's coached really well. But, you know, it has to be about moving the ball and completing passes and winning games. And, and when you watch him play, you know, you're like, man, why are they punting all the time? <laughs> why? He, compl- he had Chris Drain to throw the ball to, a kid, a wide receiver that signed with Missouri. <laughs> uh, he had good talent all around him, but it just didn't work, even to the point that halfway through his senior year, after being a starter for two years, he was benched, benched at quarterback, and Chris Drain took over at quarterback, the all-everything athlete, and basically their offense changed midseason to – snap the ball to Chris Drain and just let him go, and he'll, he'll just make it up as he goes along. And that got Spanish Fort basically all the way to the finals because Chris Drain is so such a great athlete. Dynamic. Yeah, so Burkhalter didn't, didn't even start over the second end. And then, like, nobody was offering him. You know, nobody took him. I'm like, God, it's just the strangest thing. And then he decided he would go to a prep school in Birmingham, this is some, some sort of a new prep school. It's not the thing that Rush Probst was going to do, but – some sort of prep school he was going to go to and, and basically try to jump back in and be re-recruited. But before that could happen, of all programs to show up, Nebraska shows up and offers him, you know, this week or yesterday. Uh, and my thought is, first of all, if you have the, the open spot, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you have a spot, you just need a quarterback, there's no one else. He's a great kid to gamble on for a guy that didn't even finish his, his senior season as a starter. Man, you're, you always felt like if the light pops on for him, his upside is limitless. He literally will remind you of Ben Roethlisberger. This kid is probably 6'5", 235. He, he, he's big like Jamarcus Russell was, you know, at the same age, but, but smart and, and, and mechanically sound. So, so he's interesting, right? He's no one that, that an LSU, Georgia, Alabama would take. Now, the younger brother has an equally interesting story. The younger brother was a wide receiver as a young guy and then started adding weight and started looking more and more like his brother. But he was a wide receiver. He grew into a tight end, and then he went to IMG Academy. And he never played a season at IMG. He was only at IMG for a semester. But during that semester, as you know, every college in the country goes by IMG. And every scout that went through is like, who is this this tight end-looking kid just on the hoof? You know, he got an Ohio State offer when he was at IMG, you know, because uh, on the hoof, he looks great. Uh, ends up deciding he doesn't want to stay at IMG, moves back home to Spanish Fort to, to, to play, you know, one last season with his, with his older brother, who's one year older. And uh, when Spanish Fort changed the offense, that offense that I was telling you about, you know, when they took his brother, you know, and put him on the bench and went with Drain at quarterback and decided they're not going to throw the ball, Christian Burkhalter, the younger brother, he was sort of wasted now. He's like one of the best big athletes on the team, but now we're not going to throw the ball. 
So why don't we just move him to defense? And he had never played defense before. He played defense for one half of the season and was completely dominant. He was as much of a reason as anything as to why Spanish Fort got to the finals. So basically you're talking about 6-5-2-30 and plays with a Bosa-level motor on defense. Ends up, he's never played defense in his life, but he took to it like a duck to water, as they say. He was a dominant player. He has primo measurables. But I think what's putting behind in recruiting is literally only playing about seven or eight games on defense in his life. Although you watch the tape of those defensive plays and you think, this kid didn't fall out of the womb playing defense. I think Christian Burkhalter is the real prize there. He is supposedly going to Nebraska. Uh, you know, he's not committed there yet, but it's supposedly a heavy lean there. Uh, he reminds me, I told you guys in the text chain, I mean, here's a kid to me that looks like every uh, kind of every white guy front seven defender Ohio State has had, you know, in the past 10 or 12 years. That's what he reminds me of. Uh, he is a guy that Alabama has not recruited or offered. And in and, and Alabama's defense, neither has Georgia, neither has LSU, neither has Auburn. So I'm not ripping on Alabama here. But what I'm telling you guys is there's a guy none of y'all had ever heard of. And if I picked up Twitter tomorrow and saw that Christian Burkhalter had committed to Alabama, I'll be going like, this, this guy's going to be a dude. I, I don't care that y'all have never heard of him. <laughs> he is going to be a dude. Uh, I think he's what I call easily the most underrated prospect in Alabama. I think on the current composite, he's 10th, 12th, 13th, maybe 14th in Alabama. He probably belongs in the top six if you just watch tape of him playing defense. Well, you mentioned his brother going to like some private school in Birmingham, and I, I, I just looked it up. He's actually going to play for the uh, Pineapple Tech Swingers over there in Crestline. <laughs> hey, that's good work if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, no, I think they're going to have a lot of transfers here. Everybody's going to be like, screw IMG Academy. Yeah, I know they got yeah. all the resources and facilities. Um, do they have a Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild portal ride to that place. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go ahead and, um, well, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Okay, my fault. If anybody from Locked On uh, Corporate Office is listening, I'm not supposed to say we're going to take a break anymore. But, I mean, I, sometimes there's not a good segue after I make a kick-ass pineapple joke again. It's not easy to have a segue into uh, That'll be the code. That'll be yeah. the code from now on. Instead of saying, instead of saying we'll be back, <laughs> you tell a pineapple joke, and then I know, okay, the break's coming after the joke. That's right, yeah, because that's also part of my problem. See, a lot of the folks who do these podcasts, they're in the same room, or at least in the same town or same county. We're not, we're several counties apart, and right. you and I both like to talk. So <laughs> when I'm trying to find a place for this break, your your mind is just racing to tell us about somebody's cousin who you think's gonna who's really good right now in the little leagues. I've got to wedge in these commercials somehow, but we're going to go to basketball now. We are going to go to basketball now because there are a couple oh, of things that have been thrown out there. First of all, uh, this was last week, but Alabama's going to do a home and home with Houston, which I, I mean, I just love that. I just love it. The Devontae Pollard revenge tour. <clears throat> oh yeah. I guess he's not there anymore. He's Probably not. not. They're coached by Houston has a, too, it's an right? interesting tradition. That's an interesting tradition there. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I bet young people, if you told young people, 
oh man, Houston, they're a traditional power. Young people would go, we're not talking about the Houston Rockets. Are you, you yeah. crazy? But no, no, when we were, when we were but young little mites, way before we knew about pineapples and piggly wigglies, uh, Houston was freaking badass. They had Drexler and Olajuwon at the same time, didn't they? Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Did Drexler, sure. went in Drexler there? Oh, yeah, they. I, I'm pretty sure, but they were yeah, just yeah. perfecting for a little bit. I mean, they were just unbelievably good. And then Drexler went there to coach, and you want to talk about a flame-out, good Lord. Yeah, I guess that's why. Yeah, Houston was sort of, you know, they were good in football in the 80s, too. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, um, that's that's a good home-and-home home to me. Uh, I, I, and, I, you know, Houston is notoriously – at least they have the reputation for playing up-tempo. I don't know if they play up-tempo anymore because I don't keep up with the Houston basketball team, but I'm going to assume that they play up-tempo, and that's another reason I think this will be fun because Alabama obviously is going to play up-tempo. Uh, meanwhile, Herb Jones, to nobody's surprise or chagrin, has decided to uh, come back to Alabama for his senior year, and I, that's what a great move for him and a great move for Alabama. If the dude could shoot and score, he'd be a first-round pick. Oh, that's just no a doubt. fact. That's a fact. If he could shoot and score, he's going in the first round. And and I don't know that that's something you can fix in a year. But man, I know nobody. I know these basketball guys would look at would look at little old me and, and think there's no way I know what I'm talking about. Maybe they're right. But man, I'd like to be in a room to, to to lecture them. If they're told, if they're told, hey, look, I know if you come out now, you won't go in the first round. But get in the G League, get some experience playing pro ball, work your way up, you know, and just climb out of the G League. Or they're told, go to Europe, make some money, learn how to be a pro, improve your game, make six figures, it's tax-free, and, and then play in the NBA. I get so pissed when I hear about that because let, let's go over the numbers. And I don't know what the numbers are. I just know what the numbers will prove. And the numbers will prove this. If you want to play in the NBA, here's how you do it. You get drafted. Get drafted to play in the NBA. Almost all. And, and it's not a 98% or even 90%. I know there are kids like Dante Hall. He did make the NBA out of the G League, at least for a bit. There are guys in the NBA that played professionally in Europe and ended up in the NBA. It does happen. But if you really want to play in the NBA, then get drafted out of an American college into the NBA. That's how this works. Anybody telling you to go another route is asking you to be the exception and not the rule. No, so, I, agree. I totally agree. And that's yeah. why I'm hoping for John Petty to do the same thing. But, it, you know, who exactly. knows? At this point. Exactly. You should do all you can to improve your game to the point you'll be drafted in the NBA. And the time you give up on that is after your fourth year of eligibility. And who knows, uh, then you might even have, ta-da, a college degree, which will come in help real handy if you're not in the NBA. Yeah. So that's my and little you're not rant. you're with student loan debt. I mean, that's the other thing. That's exactly right. And, and again, I, I mean, sometimes kids can't help it. I know John Petty, for instance, has a family. And, and I know he loves his little girl. He's great, you can just see it in his face. What a great day. He loves his kid. And I'm sure he wants to care for his kid. And he can make money in the G League and start providing for his family. And, and, and he can do that in Europe. And, and I, I understand that. I'm not going to be mad. I mean, I, I get that. 
But what I want for John and his family is, is to see John in the NBA. And the path to that is another year of maturity and improvement and working on your deficiencies at Alabama and get drafted. That's what I want to see for him. But if the bills are piling up and, and she needs to go to daycare and needs some, some, some Gerbers and some diapers and, and he's just got to start paying for it. I, I understand that. I, I feel for that. And, and, and he's got to do what he's got to do. Uh, then meanwhile, there was a new um, bracketology put out by Joe Lenardi today. It has Alabama as an eight seed taking on Illinois. The winner would move on to play Gonzaga. Now these things are about crap. As fruitful as uh, you, um, the, 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 the mock drafts that come out this early, but I still eat them up. I still love them, and I'm I'm still gonna read it and get excited that we are even involved in a bracketology. Yeah. It's cool that we're being included in an eight seed in a bubble team, dude. An eight seed is just in like Flynn. Yeah, I mean, he's saying that we're just in. Yeah, so I think that's that was a big positive and a nice little another little nugget to read today amid a sea of crap on Yahoo and everywhere else uh, that yeah, has yeah, news. Twitter. Like you're saying, Twitter hasn't been funny in three days. I get, I get so frustrated at the takes, and I know there's probably people out there frustrated at mine. That, that's fine. I guess we all have different opinions, but it's just so frustrating to see these, especially the angry takes that that aren't supportive of anyone. Um, <laughs> just it's frustrating. Sure, wish we had some sports to argue about. Yeah, and I wonder how much. How much of that is, how much of all of this is due to lack of sports? I mean, you'd like to think probably none because everybody gets that it's a game. But, I mean, this is the outlet for everybody, right? I mean, this is this is how sure. we get rid of stuff. And Yeah, I was just discussing it, actually, uh, the last client that I met with in this uh, law practice I do on the side. Uh, my my uh, client that I was discussing 20 minutes ago before we uh, – Recorded is a, a young African-American lady. She's very, very bright and really young. And we, we were discussing, uh, you know, the protests and the rest. She agreed, you know, with me that while while there there's plenty of justifiable fuel in the George Floyd murders and Ahmaud Arbery, and we know what came out today about that, it's just completely disgusting. Uh, while while that, that, that justifies the protests, it justifies it, she agreed that, to throw in COVID where people have been, people have been quarantined for two or three months. A lot of people really have been staring at four walls for two or three months. I, I can't help but think that some of the aggression and fuel is people that are just so frustrated with 2020, you know, yeah. and that's not why they're out there. I'm not saying that they're, 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 no, no, they're, they're justifiably angry over George Floyd and, and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Uh, but I do think that it's it's kind of like uh, fuel, you know, that's been poured on as people just frustrated. I mean, it's it's just brutal. I mean, you uh, and and then the you throw in the Drew Brees stuff yesterday. Who Drew Brees, for the most part, I would say is America's sweetheart. And you know, I'm not going to get into if he was right or wrong, or I don't want to do all that. But because I'm not going to step in this pile of crap like like he has one way or the other. I'm just I'm I'm just going to sit here. But um, man, it just it it showed me that nobody is averse to being jumped upon right now. And right. I mean, because whether you 
whether you think what Bree said was innocuous or not um, is irrelevant because it, it had to be considered. He, it's not like he came out and said, you know, hey, what's wrong with being racist? That's not, that's not what he said. Um, he, he, he said something that, that seriously, I kind of get how somebody could take it the wrong way in this climate. There's no doubt. I think somebody could take that the wrong way in this climate. But I would say in general, what he said was rather mundane um, yeah. compared to a lot of other things. But everybody is so ready to chomp down on anybody. And yep. Drew Brees, a guy who is notorious for giving away most of his shit. I mean, like he he is not a New Orleans native and he has become the king of all Mardi Gras by giving them shit, like helping through Katrina and then helping through um uh what, what whatever the the COVID stuff recently he gave like five million uh, five million five million dollars. I mean, yeah, Drew Brees is a good person. I think maybe that's why you know Drew Brees has proven beyond a shame. Drew Brees is a good person, and I don't think even with all the hullabaloo that people were saying, oh, we didn't know Drew Brees was a racist. No, no one was saying that. Not not even in the worst criticisms of Drew Brees were people saying, wow, we didn't know Drew was a racist. No, nobody's saying that. They just didn't care. They felt his take in these times were insensitive, particularly maybe to his teammates. Um, and uh, but but yeah, exactly what you're saying. I, I think people are just boiled over and angry, and, and there's too many angry takes on every side. And hopefully, at some point, we can uh, we can all get along. Well, here's the thing. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there. Uh, and and th- if I were Drew Brees, uh, my advice as his PR agent would have been like, look, just don't uh, – this is before he did that interview. I'd be like, don't do any interviews. Don't do anything. Just keep giving money away and just mm. chill out. And then, you know, but then I go on Twitter or Facebook and everybody is screaming, if you're silent about this issue, you're complicit. And I'm like, no, I mean, but see, the other side of that is if you accidentally even say yeah. something – kind of wrong that can be misconstrued that you didn't mean at all. And trust me, I have written some articles before and I got an entire community mad at me about something that I was joking about myself. And um, so I understand how people can turn on you when, when there's, there's a misunderstanding and then see the misunderstanding catches like wildfire. It doesn't catch like wildfire the other way when people are like, Oh, you didn't mean it that way. And then like that, no, that never catches that never, that is never extinguished. Um, when people are mad at you, they 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 want to light the match. When, when the mad. lie is a, the lie is on page one, and the apology is on page twenty three. Exactly, and that's and see how that's the world works. <clears throat> Drew Brees came out and apologized today, and um, it's not even news. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like he was like <laughs> number four, and I mean if I was Brees, I'd be like, hey, wait a minute, y'all. Look, I'm not even really. A back. I'm not a thousand percent sure why he kind of even made it sound like. Yeah. I'm not even a thousand percent sure why I'm sorry, but geez, us, I am sorry. I didn't mean anything. We should have even gone to the interview. And part of this is on the guy asking the question. I mean, why are you asking a question about Colin Kaepernick right now? I mean, don't, I mean, don't gaslight anybody for any reason. I think we just, everybody needs to just chill for a little bit. And, um, you know, the, it seems to me that uh, a lot of these causes have a shit ton of merit. There is no doubt. But I'm also very proud to see these four officers get what's coming to them. And the two the two guys that were um, 
on the in the in the deal in Georgia, they're getting what's coming to them right now. There should be. I they get the chair, man. Honestly, oh, it's just horrendous. There's no, there's, you can't. How can you even possibly justify anything they did? You can't. So you're right. I'm with you on that. And I'm saying, see, it it feels like to me that maybe we ought to take a look at the good. It, right now and the good is the people that are committing the the real shit they're they're getting what's coming to them and i think that should be applauded for I everybody think it is good i think it would be a heck of a time you know i went on a little rant about this you know in our last show and it's a you know what would here's i don't know that it would calm everything down but here's what needs to happen is real change and, and that comes from local local uh governments passing ordinances state governments passing new laws, Congress, a unified bipartisan Congress passing what amounts to some some civil rights reform. It doesn't have to turn the nation upside down, but there needs to be a renewed commitment and emphasis in the laws of the United States that we are all to be treated equally, period. And there needs to be a, a, a renewed, and we need to do that while this is still in the news. What will be the real shame of everything is that all of this is in vain. It can't be in vain this time. It needs to lead to some real change in the laws and, and hopefully in, in, to, to some you know, uh, extent in people. We need to be committed to our values. Government, like I, I tweeted, uh, I guess it was yesterday, you know, hey, the nation has spoken. The nation has spoken. This isn't a 50-50 thing. I think if you ask a clear majority of Americans want an America for everybody. And, and in our Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence, and all these founding principles that we, we swear to live by, government by the people, for the people. The people want this. The people want an America for everyone, for all Americans. And uh, our government needs to deliver that and, and, and not just keep pointing the finger at the other party. No, I'm... With you. I don't even think that's controversial. I guess somebody's going to think that's kind of, I, I don't, it seems to me that if a clear majority wants something, it should happen. Cause that's, I, I swear to God, Jimmy, if I knew how to truly edit this thing, I'd probably edit out all this we talked about. Cause even though we're just, I think what we're saying sounds kind of like common sense, like, Hey, you know, that, uh, it's being a racist is terrible. Don't do it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be like stick man, to I sports. That's my favorite. <laughs> stick to sports. Well, you don't stick to sports. These people tell Shut me up. to stick to sports. You're, you're not sticking to sports. Just keep talking pineapples, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't mean. I mean, again, I, I try not to be. I try not to be controversial. Again, I, I, you know. If I'm going to be controversial, I'll say it up front, but I, I think this is something we're all on board with, the idea that all Americans should be treated the same by the government and, and, and hopefully by each other, but especially by the government, because our government is supposed to serve us all, not just some of us. And I, I, I think we're all on board with it. Now, the how is going to be difficult. I, keep, I, kept, I was asked yesterday on Twitter, okay, what specifically would you do? Hell if I know. That's not my job. I, I, I'm not in that position. I don't have to. No one's going to ask me to fix this. But I do think the principle of it is pretty easy. Treat everybody the same. And when even the government doesn't, there should be consequences for a government 
that doesn't treat everyone the same. Well, you, you do sound like a perfect politician here, like at a debate, somebody goes, okay, um, Senator Stein, how exactly would you make things better? Shit, if I know, elect me and find out. <laughs> I've got a plan. I got a plan. I've got a plan. That's what I'm saying. I've got a plan. But I've a, got a plan. I can even see you now having like a manila folder up there with like tape and like top secret stamped on it and be like, here's my plan, but you don't get to see it until you elect me. <laughs> that's a true, that's a court trick too. You know, you get, you get uh, like a folder with a bunch of documents in it and ask somebody, how many calls have you made to this person and dump, you know, <laughs> a folder full of paperwork. And they're like, Oh my gosh, they've got all my phone records somehow. And it's in fact, what's in, what's in there is just all the depth charts I've kept, you know, from night from 1982 forward. Mr. Robinson, you know, how many, do you know what's in this folder? Uh, no, sir. I don't. This is how many times you called the Dole national hotline to find out when pineapples <laughs> would be delivered to the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, shit, I plead, I plead guilty. I did it. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm just kidding. These are the recruiting profiles. These are recruiting profiles from 1994. I have those too. That would be a lot more. Honestly, that would be a lot more realistic because I still have a lot of that shit. All right. We're about to run out of time. Um, all right. So hashtag roll tide, everybody. Um, hashtag locked on Bama promo code locked on Bama everywhere you shop. Just put it on locked on, locked on Bama and see what happens. Roll tide. Heck yeah. Roll tide.